Francisco. Yep. All right, all right, all right. We're live, brother. Live and direct. Up. Come on, bro. <laughs> Episode three, effing stuff up. And I'm saying it right this time. Though. Listen to the other episodes. I'm going back and forth between effing things up and effing stuff up. I got it now, man. Effing stuff up. Faith, family, fitness, and finance. Let's go. You know it, man. I, I mean, I think it's such a milestone just to get to this point. Oh, like to, sure. to, to think where we were a year or even four years ago where these were all just concepts. Right. Right. And in a matter of a month, we're already on our third episode. Right. Right. Because we, we decided to show up. Dude. And, that, and that's it, bro. That's it. We just we just sh- we just showed up. And I, and I think for me, you know, when I'm honest with myself, some of the things that keep me kind of grounded is feeling as if I've already missed the boat. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I know, like, even thinking about a podcast, you know, when I when I hear people thinking about a podcast, like, well, everybody has a podcast now. You know, did we miss the opportunity to, 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 to do it? And then the reality is, and I saw this thing online, which was, which was so great. It was like, yo, the perfect time to have started was 10 years ago, right? If you, if you would have started anything 10 years ago, you would be great at it right now. But you know where the second best time to start something is? Right, right now. now. Right now. Hey! <laughs> That's hey. it. <laughs> That's it, bro. Like, come on, man. No, no excuses. No reasons that we that we that we can't do it. We just take action. If we take action daily, we put our best foot forward. We have a direction that we're going. I mean, dude, we will get there. That's a fact. And, and that's legitimate. But, you know, and I and I think about it. It's like what was really holding us back. Right. From Nothing. this point right now where we where we decided to just take action. Nothing. <laughs> I, mean, right? I, mean, ser- I mean, seriously, man, the only thing that was holding us back is the same thing that holds everybody back, which is which is being paralyzed by indecision and, and kind of overthinking things, you know? I, I think of it like all the time. I was having this conversation with my wife just about fitness, but 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 outside of just fitness, it's just life, right? Most of the times when you think about things that you need to do to better yourself or to better your situation, or we'll even use getting in shape just to be an example, right? Let's be honest. 99% of the population knows exactly what they need to do to lose weight right? They know what they need to do. They know they need to consume less than they actually mm-hmm. burn. Like everybody knows that, but why yeah. don't we do it, right? Why don't we do it? Because we make it so more, so much more complicated in our heads to justify us not taking action. And then you also, you also use those who have already been doing it for so long as a measuring stick, mm. right? So it's like, wow, I, if I'm not like this, Right. If I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger by the, by another in another month, then I, I shouldn't even start today. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, and sure. um, not realizing that those people have been dedicating years upon years on that very thing to get to where they are. But we look at their end product and we say, well, because I can't get there sooner than they did, I'm not even going to try. Dude, that, that that's mind blowing. You know, one thing that I saw as well. I like to share is just something called compare-itis, right? They're like, don't have compare-itis. And it goes to fitness, but to your point, man, it goes towards everything that we do. Like, if you look at somebody who's in better shape, like you said, you you may assume there's no reason for me to start because I'll never get there, but you don't know that that person's been working at it for 20 years to be in that situation. So comparing yourself exactly. to that person, you've already set yourself up to lose. I experienced this pers- firsthand when I went into the insurance business and I would see people around me who were just producing at massive levels of like, you know, million dollars here, 100,000 here, 20,000 there. 
and somebody coming into the business not knowing anything about how it actually works you would almost be overwhelmed like oh my gosh like how are these guys this massively successful and here i am on this dialer and i'm not doing anything but 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 then you peel the onion back and not only have they put in three four five six seven years in the business to get their pipelines built but they also completely understand the business so they're investing at a certain level you know, they, they're, they're hiring people to work underneath them to make their business look better. You know, there may be 12 to, to 20 people working towards one person's activities, and you're just seeing that one person's name and thinking, how can I compete with that, but not knowing what goes on behind the scenes, man. So to your point, you know, comparing yourself to others in any situation is usually the recipe for, for failure. Yeah, you don't see all that behind the scenes, right? <laughs> All you that can. strategy that's that's going that's in, no one's going to show their strategy. No one's going to show their playbook. Right. right. It's like, right. hey, here's my here's my playbook. Run these same plays. There's always going to be somewhat of a change to it. Right. And it's like but I think that's what was so honorable about you, man. Honestly, is when we started working together and I always felt like I can trust you 100 percent because you always showed me the plays. Right. And it was just a matter of me either doing it or not. And I love that because. That means that's something that I can control. There right. are no other variables because you laid it all out on the table. And it's like, it's either you do it or you don't. And that's all it boiled down to. And I had to be real with myself and ask myself, did I really want it? Right. Because my actions were going to tell me if I did or didn't. Right. Dude, that, that, that's so spot on, man. And, and it's funny because, and, and I know you're, you're similar with your, with your style, but I, I've always come to the conclusion that, you know, a lot of times when, you, when you're dealing with management, I won't say leaders because I, I think leaders are a different category of people. A lot of people pretend to be leaders, but they're not. But when you're, talk, when, when you're talking with a different level of management, certain, certain parts of management, whether it's government or even jobs, you know, they only want to tell you what they want to tell you to get you to get you to do what they need you to do. And that's it. So you'll never get the full picture you only get this, you only get this little piece of the picture that you could take the action that they need you to take, dude. And it happens on every level of of, human, of population control, whether it's the corporations or it's the government. It's the same scenario. So me, I, I always approach leadership just like what you said. I felt like if I can get around the right people, who I have genuine love for them, they have genuine love for me. I have trust for them, they have trust for me. I could be 100% open about this is how it works. You have to do this, this, this. You have to spend this. You have to be willing to, to be in this kind of conversation. You have to be willing to tap dance in this gray. I mean, whatever it may be, I like to be very, very direct with how it works and then let an individual make their decision, right? And from, from my experience, I've, I've found that I may not attract the largest number of people, because again, I'm not, I'm not of the brainwashing, leading, telling people what they need to hear to get them to do what I need to do. I'm, I'm of the getting the quality people. So if I can, if I can have five or six or 10 people who are 100% on the same page as me mentally, they know exactly what I'm doing. They know why I'm doing it. They believe in it. And they've, they've made the decision to rock with it like that. I've always felt those 10 people, we can have much more success than having 50 people who are kind of robots. And, you know, I, I tested that theory, even in, even in my current position um, in leadership, you know, I literally took a team, instead of having a team of 50, I took a team of four or five people, because again, I wanted people who actually knew what, what, you know, what the business was and how to work it. And they understood all the complexities of it. And we actually outperformed 
much larger teams for a, lo a large period of time. I mean, the average agent writing, uh, to give you an example, was like eight, eight or nine grand. And my team was averaging like 24, 25,000. Mind you, I mean, I was producing a lot of that, but still, I mean, when your average agent is writing 20, 25,000, you know, something has to be said about, okay, telling people the truth and getting people to buy into the truth is a greater value than just telling them what, what you need to tell them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even if you're not hitting the markers that the, that those who are willing to compromise those things are hitting, right? Because obviously, right. you know, when, when you're willing to compromise integrity and uh, that truthfulness and those kind of things, and you're willing to manipulate for the sake of uh, your, for, for the sake of your advancement, like you're going to get places, right? Yep. Whether it's sustainable, yep. that's, that's questionable, but right. you're, you will, you will get to your destination, not to say how long you'll, you'll, you'll be there for, but right. you know, that's, that's going to be the key difference. I'd rather win in second place than lose in first place. 100%. You end up, you end up losing yourself. You don't know what Dude. you stand for. You don't know mm. who you are, man. I mean, I, I, that just resonates with me so much. Because, you know, like, <laughs> seriously, man. And, and I always tell people, you know, standing here, I, I stand here today as a learned man who's still learning every day. And it's crazy because when I learned something today, I'll realize that my view yesterday probably wasn't probably wasn't accurate. But with that being said, like I can I can testify to what you're saying. Right. I, I've taken those baits. And I've worked under leaders who have told me that you have to lead a certain way. And, and, I've, and I've done it to get the success and what, they, and what they told me I needed to achieve. And I found firsthand just what you said, it's not sustainable, right? So the reason that I changed my view from just personal experience, I've learned that you know, bigger than any organization, bigger than any company, bigger than any idea that I can come up with today or that I can even buy into and be part of, is the relationships that you build with the people that you lock arms with to try to, to try to actually initiate and do something, right? And what I mean is I could take my team and I have a fundamental team still, probably of, I would say five or six or seven or eight people that we have crossed industries together. You know, we have we have went into different states together. I mean, we've worked with in different avenues to figure things out. And these people are all people who I've met on jobs, you know, even even our relationships. Has, has stood from where we met on a, on a different job about something completely different. And then here we go, two or three different industries later, four or five different companies later, and we're still at it. And the reason is, is because we have that genuine connection, right? There, there was never a reason where you were telling me something to try to get me to do something without telling me the full picture or vice versa. Because when you do that to people, to your point, there always comes a point in time where they're going to get exposed and people will see you for who you are. And then there's really no coming back from that. It, you know, yeah, exactly. And it, it's just, it, it would take too much work, too much grace, right? right. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of that, basically what I'm hearing is just like a relationship over production, mm. right? Like honoring relationships and, and prioritizing that and setting that on a pedestal over top productivity, right? Because mm. I think top productivity being a focus forces people to compromise even good people right mm. like i think i think even good people who have sound morals and who have sound values would even if they don't act it out would entertain it mentally and as we know man the good lord had already transcended that for us and said if you even just think about it you've already committed it mm. because at some point once that idea just once that idea is 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 planted the only thing that it has room for is to grow mm. 
dude, <laughs> that right there is just blowing my mind because, and this is something that we definitely need to do a live about this week coming up, right? Because I've been trying to put it to words and you've kind of put to words what I've been trying to formulate to try to deliver the message the best way. I'll try right now, but this is just off the cuff and it needs to be refined. But what I've been, what's been on my heart to share people is that you cannot get fixated on the wrong metric. And I think what you just said was, it was just it, you know, relationships are always the key. And if you do a great job of building a relationship and putting value and building the person up, then you will continually be able to improve and surpass any company goal. But if the fixation becomes on the number or just the company goal, then you always begin to compromise. And if that's all you're focusing on, you will 100% lose yourself in the process. When I look at myself personally, and I look at every opportunity that I've had, where I've had the ability to walk into a company, make a splash, move up the ladder very quickly, you know, earn a, a, a sound income, but it always comes down to a point for me until recently where I look in the mirror, you know, two, three years later, and I ask myself, what in the world am I doing? Like, how did I even get into this position? Now, it's great that they've been blessing me with all, with all this money and telling me that I'm, that I'm, that I'm their champion. You know, that feels really good. But, but, but the, the actual drive that got me to actually do it, I come to realize is not even there anymore. And that's because the, the metric was skewed. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't evaluating or getting my sense of fulfillment from following my purpose, I was getting a sense of fulfillment from hitting a number. And, and that right there is dangerous, in my opinion. You know, that's how you said you get good people to compromise. That's exactly how. And some organizations know they're doing it and they do it intentionally. So you have to be very careful. Um, other organizations, they, they do it by happenstance, but it's still the same thing happening regardless. You know what I mean? Man, imagine, imagine placing your identity in your ability to form relationships over producing or chasing after, after any specific metric. <laughs> that right there is wealth. I'm serious, man. Think, Cause think about it like this. Think about it like this. When I always tell people, and, and I don't say this from a, from a cocky place. I say this from a, from a, just a, a, a sense of knowing myself, right. And, and confidence, because I know it to be true. Like I can walk, out of my situation right now and I can walk into another situation and I'm going to be good financially. Like I know I'm going to be good. Now, the only reason that is true to your point is that I've built enough relationships where I can pick up the phone and I can make a few calls and the people know my character well enough. They know me well enough that they'll put their, they'll put their names on the line to make sure that they can get me a position if it ever came down to it. Like that's a, that's a blessing. Right. But that's really only because of relationships. Right. And my, and my career was probably focused 80% performance, 20% relationships. Imagine if that was switched, where it was 80% relationships, 20% performance. How much more relationships would I have? How much more power would I have? And then secondly, think of it like this. In every organization I can walk into, I could typically always get to a high-level position very quickly because I have a team of people that will that will help me do it. It's not because of me. It's because I bring a village with me, a small village. So if I have a team of people who are just as good or as qualified as me to walk in, which ultimately gives me power in a negotiation position to join another organization, just imagine if that team was larger, like how much power yep. would that really be? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's everything. I mean, even I think Steve Jobs is the one who said it, that um, no, no great empire can ever be built by one person. 
You know, you have to have uh, a slew of people that are bought into your vision, that are bought into where the organization's headed, and more importantly, bought into you, into who you are and what you represent. That's everything, man. And it's like, if we don't have Christ and if we don't have, you know, our faith, then how do we know that we're rooted or grounded in something that's even uh, worthy of anyone else to follow? Right. It's yeah. like he showed us the he showed us the ultimate. He, he he was the measuring stick on how we should respond to people right. uh, and build those relationships. It's like love others the way you would like to be loved. Right. Like, and, like, yeah, man. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what, man, we don't like and, and, and that's that's the that's the scary part. You know, that's that's the real scary part only because of the way that, you know, the societal pull is. It's like, if you don't have, you know, and I was talking about that the other day, there is no ultimate truth by man, you know, anything that comes out of man's mouth. And, and, and again, man, we were born and God knew that we were going to be sinners, right? Like, so it's, it's not a secret that we're imperfect creatures, right? If we say anything, most of the time, if it's coming just from us, there, there's, there's a part of it that's coming just from us. Part of it is how can it benefit the person who's saying it, right? So it's always going to be mm-hmm. kind of skewed. It always is. There's yeah. no way around it. Um, it's part of the human experience. So if, if you don't have a truth that's greater and outside of you that you subscribe to as being the ultimate truth, then you're literally at the whim of whoever's in front of you and whatever they want to tell you. And, <laughs> and truth, it's funny because when I think about that, like when you're saying that, I think about like the original language and what truth actually means. And, and when you think about it in the Greek, it means reality, right? So it's yep. literally our reality. And right. so, so often we encounter people who try to uh, give us this pseudo reality, right? Um, right. Just because they're, they're trying to, like you said earlier, they're trying to get us to, to do something that they want us to do for yep. their own benefit. So they have to yep. manipulate reality to get us to believe a certain way and to get us to perceive a certain thing, a certain yep. way to get us to move. Right. You know, and I, I seen that, you know, actually just recently um, in a previous employer where, you know, people are just really good at that. They're right. really good at painting this facade. Right. And getting right. everybody bought into it, but it's not real. It's not real. Right. It's not real, you know, and it's, it's crazy because people would, would fall on their swords for it. Yep. And, um, oh, yeah. and I'm like, my goodness, this is, this is how these people get wealthy. This is how these people get rich. It's like, it's so sad because, you know, they have, I'm actually more, more concerned with their own well being and where they stand before the judgment right. throne. It's like, you don't even know what you're doing right now. Like when you right. stand before the, the King of glory and, and nothing will be hidden. All your motives, intentions, everything will be on display. Mm. And all of heaven is going to watch him waiting mm. to see if he's going to be a righteous judge. Right. Like <laughs> that's a scary place to be, man. Yeah, that's, 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 that's terrifying, man. And you know, the, 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 the sad part about it to me, you know, and, and I, and I only say sad because, you know, I'm using my empathy part of my brain right now, but the sad, <laughs> the sad, the sad part is that, most of these people who do this, they, they don't know, and they have no idea what they're participating in. They have no idea that what's happening is bigger than them because I have to always remind myself. And again, 2020, 2022 is the year for me to let go of all resentment. Right. And the reason why I had to let go of all resentment 
is because I realized that me holding on to ill feelings towards anybody was actually doing myself more damage than, than yep. it was good. And I also had to realize that, that dude, there's, there's powers that are, that are at play at all times that are, that we cannot even truly comprehend, right? The forces of evil and what the evil one does to attack good is always happening 24 seven and, and only in all these people, people that you're describing, you know, the people that have, I've experienced, I hate to say this, but that, that is, that is nothing different than the forces of evil at work. Right. And yeah. these people yeah. are just being used as a vessel. They have no idea because they're not even connected to the higher power. So they, you know, they, they may say, they may say God and, you know, they may use it, you know, and say they need to say a prayer when they're in trouble or something. But there's there's not a real connection there. You know, it's it's just a superficial connection, because when you have a real connection there, you'll you'll start to even notice when your energy's out of whack, <laughs> when you're being under attack. There's been there's been times when my energy's been out of whack, and I'm I'm sort of not handling things the way I normally would, and I I can feel the difference, right? So these people who are living like this on a daily basis, I'm telling you, they have no idea of what's controlling them. Like, I mean, zero idea. That's why I say I feel I feel bad for them because, yeah, they're going to have to answer to that at a certain point. Um, they're going to have to when judgment comes and they're literally living their lives on autopilot because they, they've been given what feels good to them in the moment. And that's the easiest way the devil distracts us, man, by saying, hey, you see that? That feels good. You want that, right? <laughs> you don't want that over there. That doesn't feel good. You know, that feels good. You want that. And, and know, then people and take then that the- bait. And but and then he teaches you how to justify it. Yep. I think that I think that's the biggest thing, right? We actually feel like we're in the right when we're doing it because mm. we somehow justify it. And as long as we can convince ourselves that it's the right thing to do, we almost feel like that excludes us from any judgment uh, uh, to actually do the right thing. Uh, like <laughs> we we act like it somehow removes us from the obligation to actually <laughs> do right. Like uh, it doesn't remove you from from the obligation to do right by by others and treating others the way you would like to be treated. It doesn't remove that from you. You don't get to eliminate that obligation just because you've justified it somehow in your mind that the approach that you're taking that's compromising everyone else but but benefiting you that you don't get to forfeit that. That listen, still man, exists. You 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 speak you're speaking to my soul because I'll tell you, man. There there's been times when I've had great opportunities. And there's been times on multiple occasions when I realized that that opportunity is not truly in line with what I want to be in line with. And regardless of the amount of money they can offer me, it just wasn't happening anymore. You know, I'll use, and I won't, I won't, I won't talk about the most recent times, you know, that we'll wait till later episodes, but I'll use one of my, one of my first experiences with that. When I was 22 years old, I tell people all the time, you know, I just had my first son, uh, we talked about it on the, on the previous episode. I worked that whole entire year. I was gone, 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 you know, grinding, grinding, grinding. It did very well for myself financially, made my first six figures. And part of the part of the reason that I didn't get into it, why I left that opportunity is this was back when the gym industries were switching from, we used to do three and one year contracts and we switched everything to month to month. So this was back in like 2008, 2009, maybe late 2008. So before you oh, remember those days, yeah, when you signed up for a gym membership, dude, you were signing up for a three year contract or, or at, at the very least, you know, 12 months was like a short contract, but most of it was 36 months. So I was selling PT in this in this organization 
Um, this organization that literally changed my life and actually helped me become a great salesperson because I really wasn't a good salesperson before this particular organization, but I was selling PT at an extremely high level. Um, but our PT agreements were for 12 months. So if you had a, a gym membership who was for 36 months, it's not really that difficult to get them to commit to being one third of that time period working with the personal trainer. It's, a, it's, it's, it's honestly an easy sale if, um, if you do it when they, when they first sign up, right? Commitment's not really an issue. They just signed a three-year contract. However, back in the end of uh, maybe 2008, early 2009, um, they just switched. No, this was 2008. They just switched our gym from being a three-year and a 12-month commitment to a month-to-month -month agreement. So all the memberships had just went month-to-month. -month. So everybody's like up. Everybody's so happy. Some members are so mad. All the new members are so happy because there's no more long-term contracts. But guess what? They didn't change PT. So PT was still 12 months. So PT was still 12 months. So we're, we're selling at a high level. And when I mean, when I, when I tell you a high level for PT, we were, we were, we were, we were netting $120,000 in PT sales per week. Like we literally cleared. Wow. It was a multi-million dollar gym. We literally took the gym um, out of the red ourselves with the PT department in the first year. It was amazing. Wow. But but here but but this is where it gets this is where it gets bad. So I had just taken over as the director of this club in Legacy Village, uh Lynnhurst, Ohio, real upscale area. And you know the members were were starting to to come after my directors and myself made sales and they said, you know, these are all new members. They're like the gym memberships only only for for month to month. I didn't realize this was a 12 month contract. Although of course, when we sell them, we're telling them, listen, it's, it's, it's going to be at least 12 months to make a permanent change. We need to work with you for 12 months. This is your first payment. This is your total after 12 months. This is what your total going to play. You could pay in full for the year or you could pay month to month. It's your choice whether you're going to be with us for the next 12 months. So we're going through this whole spiel. Um, so after about 15 complaints, and mind you, I'm the, I'm the actual general manager. After about 15 complaints, I, I go to, the, I go to the, the front end general manager. I'm the, I'm the PT manager. I go to the general manager of the gym and I say, hey, man, um, we're getting a lot of complaints on PT right now that, um, you know, our agreements aren't month to month. Your guys are, but ours are still 12 months. People are saying they don't understand. You, do you think that we should do a better job of driving home that this is still a contract? And, you know, the, the GM looked at me and he goes, you don't get paid for that shit. Like that's his response. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> he goes, you, you don't get paid for that, bro. What did you make last month? And I said, I, I don't know, man. I made like, like 15, like 15,000. You made $15,000 and you're sitting here talking to me about this BS. And of course he was using a lot, a lot stronger words. He told me to get the F out of his office. Right. So I said, okay, all right, whatever. I mean, he, he's, he, he's living good. I'm living good. This, this doesn't feel right. So I kept going because I was making a lot of money and I was 22 years old. I just kept doing it, kept doing it. And then my district manager came in. Um, same conversation I have with him. Hey man, listen, I've got a lot of complaints. People are starting to get mad now. Like they're looking like they're, they're literally looking like they're upset at me. Um, do you think that we should say something different in our approach now? Because we didn't get any of these complaints before the gym memberships, you know, uh, side changed, but now we're getting complaints out the, out the wazoo. And he told, he looked at me and said, your bonus isn't based on complaints. Your bonus is based on sales. So me, Literally, man, I, I internalized that for like, I don't know, a week. I think I was with that company for one more week after that last conversation. And then I decided that I was going to take the clients that I had on my own and I was going to open up my own business. 
And I literally, I literally took, uh, I want to say like a five day leave of absence. I just couldn't go in. I couldn't go in there anymore. I felt so disgusted. And then I, and then I resigned via email. I just, I couldn't even walk in there anymore. I was like, man, I just can't believe that we're making this amount of money, but we're okay to do it. As long as we get everybody to sign the right places, initial the right boxes, we don't care if the, if the community is actually about to start hating us. And I couldn't be part of that because what I, what I explained to my, the people who I you know, remained in contact with after I resigned, I said, man, you guys have to be very careful because you know, the, the company might not care. The company can change their name tomorrow. And the owners will never be, will, will never know any different. And these complaints won't, won't even hit the owners. But your name in the community is going to be everything. They're seeing your face. So when they're saying that somebody didn't tell them something, <laughs> they didn't something right, they're not thinking of this company's name. They're thinking about you. You got to ask yourself, is it worth the paycheck for that? For me, it wasn't worth it. I knew, I knew my worth and I knew I can get it somewhere else without having to compromise like that. Um, but that was my first time you know, being in a company making great money and being in a position where I felt like, okay, well, I just have to compromise and be okay with it or, or quit. Like, that's it. Yeah. And, and that, that actually happens more often than not in this industry, to be honest. It's, it's always, it's always been deemed as some, some form of like a shady industry, you right. know, and it's, and it's getting worse and worse, you know, because people aren't equipping themselves with the technical sales approaches uh, right. and those skills. So they don't understand how to actually build value in the programming. So what they end up doing is that they just try to finagle you to, like you said, sign initials, certain boxes and sign on certain dotted lines. And all of a sudden now I'm mocked into a year contract. And, it, and if you feel like you can't discuss that, what the, the totality of that commitment to the individual, you should already off rip know that you did something wrong. Right. If, if I, if I can't, if I can't explain everything that you just committed to, to the T without the fear of that, you're, of you backing out, then I did a horrible job. I agree. And the, and the thing is that people can't deal with that fact. They can't deal with the fact that they, they don't understand the value that they provide. They don't know how to deliver it. And then they yeah. also don't know how to ask for a sale. Right. So it's like all those things coming into play. Bro, I can go. I can go on and on about that. Like I've seen it. I've I've seen it happen so so much. Where, for me, you know, and we're very similar in that regard. Like I will sit there and I will tell the person exactly what what right. the stipulations are, because right. I feel obligated to, right? Like, and I'm not afraid because I've built enough value for you to see that this is a a risk worth taking, right? You know, like. Because you're 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 weighing everything and you're saying, okay, well, if these are the stipulations, but this is the value I'm gonna get, this is the benefit I'm gonna receive. Like I'd right. much rather go that route and the, the benefits just outweigh the risk. Right. You know, and the, the people just don't know, don't understand how to deliver that. Um, and but you see it so often, they start chasing the money, right? They don't chase the relationship, they chase the productivity. Well, well that's and that's the problem, man. That you know, you just hit the nail on the head. You see. When I look at it and I look at it on a, on, a, on a little bit of a larger scale, it's like, okay, well, we've identified the problem, but why is the problem happening? And the problem is happening specifically in the training, right? Because think of it like this, and, and, it, and it, it, it's, it's sad because our, you know, our industry gets a bad name for it, but I think it, it all, all sales in general gets the same bad name because typically when you bring in a salesperson, you want to get that young person who's hungry, who's eager, 
who's willing to work 90 hours a week, they'll kick in the front door. And if you show them how to, if you show them how to make a dollar, they'll run through a wall and they won't ask any questions. Right. So when you have that personality, who's our ideal sales candidate in any position, (laughs) any, in any industry, and you just show them a cookie cutter step of getting from point A to point B, because all we're doing in a sale is transferring emotion and being persuasive. Like that's all we're doing. Let's be honest. So if I can get you truly excited and I can persuade you to do something, then I can make the sale every time, regardless of what I'm selling. (laughs) Cause truthfully, when that emotion, when that emotion is triggered, they're not even listening to what, what's what the contract is or what the paper is. And like true salespeople know that like, if you've already if you've already been great at sales and you've experienced sales success on a high level, you already know that the client nine out of ten times is not even listening to what you're saying. You could be selling air and they're going to buy it if you have them in that zone. Period. Right. So it's like yeah. if if the idea is to get the person in the zone, why would you not take that time to actually build all the value in that zone when they're there? Like slow them down get it, you know, make sure they understand it, even with, you know, even with insurance. And I was talking to, you know, a fellow leader in my current organization. And I was, I was explaining to him how I explained the current plan that I offer in its entirety. And he was, he was kind of blown away. And I was like, well, why would I, why would I say it any different? Because that's exactly what it is. And it's like, you know, I really feel like if I have the right person on the line, if the person could truly benefit from what I'm offering, and if I can explain it in its entirety and they still bite, then it's a win-win for everybody. But when you have to get into the situation where you're taking things out and you're, you're, you're putting certain things in because it sounds almost right, but it's not right, you're taking things out on purpose, I think that's where the industry as a whole gets, gets, that, you know, gets that negative connotation because it's true. All we're doing is really transferring emotion and persuading people. And unfortunately, when you don't teach an individual what that really means and how powerful that power really is, then you empower that person to do bad things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that we're going to touch on, you know, strategically. I think, I think, I think it's time it's, it's due for us to come together and, and put together a training platform where we show people how to sell. Right. Right. Because let's, you know, uh, to your point, it's, it's something that if you don't, if you don't show people the power behind those recommendations or those suggestions, like it could be, it could be misconstrued. It can be taken advantage of it. could like, Mm. there's so many things that can happen um, because, you know, these people are looking, they're looking for help. Like they don't know what to do. Right. So they're, they're looking to us as the industry, the industry experts, the, the authoritative figure in the industry. And they're saying, help me. Right. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I want to make sure I could trust you first before I even move forward, you know? And that's, I think it's, I think it's due for us to come together and put a platform like that and release it to the world, dude. Cause you know what? Um, when you were, when you were talking about just the, that whole process and what that is, it's like people purchase off of emotions. Like that's, that's why they make those decisions because it's emotional. Absolutely. You know, they woke up, they woke up in the morning. They said, I, I, I hate the way I look. I hate the way I feel. I want to make a change. Uh, something in my life has to change. And today's the day. And then yep. they step foot into the facility to only encounter somebody who's willing to compromise their integrity and values for the sake of their productivity versus right. someone mm. who's unwilling to do that for the sake of relationship building. Right. Dude. Like what a difference <laughs> in experience, what a difference in just 
overall like value that someone can provide. It's like, imagine if that were the scenario every time. Bro, and think about it. Think about it like this. this. So this is this is what just hit me when you said that. This is why you know I I, I just I chuckled in joy because so check this out. And I was thinking about this the other day. And this is why I got back into coaching. This is why I'm working hand in hand with with select clients, man. But I'm also rolling out programs to actually give people the correct information about health and fitness because exactly what you just said, right? So you got you got to think about the stages of change from a psychological level. And I talk about psychology a lot with my wife being a licensed therapist. I mean, it's really big conversation in our house, but the cycle of change is pretty, is pretty serious. Meaning it it typically there's, there's really four cycles of change and it typically takes an individual a lot of effort to get past the pre-contemplation stage to the contemplation stage, to the taking action stage, to even walk into the gym and make, and, and try to get help to make a physical change. Right? So think about this. This person has just put in about 90 days worth of intense self torture trying to fight themselves and making that decision they walk they walk into the gym only to be met by some individual that only has their metrics on their mind not even helping anybody like just imagine how far back you just set that person with your superficial interaction and not even actually really wanting to help that person not even regardless of the fact that you didn't sell them or you did sell them but the fact that your intentions were bad your energy is bad you've probably, you've probably participated in why that person is not going to get in shape, but even worse than that. And this is what I've seen in gyms all the time. And we used to kind of, I hate to say this, but we used to laugh about it until I was a learned man. I realized it really wasn't funny. That's probably the reason why 90% of the people who join gyms never get any results. Like, let's be honest. They walk in there with all the, with all the right intentions and building themselves up for about three months to get in there to only meet with somebody who cares about their productivity on a lot of the, a lot of the times, I'm not saying this all the time, because there's some really good coaches out there, really good trainers out there. But a lot of times when you go into a big box organization, that's not what you're, that's not what you're experiencing, right? You're experiencing somebody chasing metrics. Yeah. And I, and I, it's, it's almost like we need a dedicated show, honestly, just to, just to talk about kind of maybe some warning signs for people. Mm, Like why not, why not equip the consumers? Like let's stop playing the game. Right. Let's 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 put their hand on the oven uh, on the stove and make them make them retract some of these things, because if we have the knowledge, we're almost doing the community a disservice by not informing them of some red flags to look out for. I love that. Right. I I really do. That's 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 huge. I mean, let's let's test them. Right. Let's test the market, because I think people are making a lot of money, not getting anybody results. A hundred percent. Like a lot of money. Let me, let me just put this one freebie out there. If, if your coach or your trainer or the person that you're sitting in front of is not there to answer your questions, run, right? Because yep. in, a, in a sales technique, and this is the way salespeople are trained, right? And, this, and, and I agree with you, man. Why not give the public what, what they can use to protect themselves? The way, yes. the, way a, the, the way a sales presentation is set up is to make it so you don't speak as a client or a consumer we don't, we don't want you to speak unless it's absolutely necessary because then we lose control and we're, we're out of the sales rhythm, right? So if you want to take the salesman out of their rhythm, then you have to communicate as much as they're communicating. If you're just listening to them communicate, then you're just being sold. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'll take, it, I'll take it even a step further. For the more advanced people, the people that actually know what they're doing and have 
been doing it for a while and have some kind of technical skill set, they're masterful at asking specific questions to get the results that they're looking to get. So they, they actually even will entertain the consumer to speak more than they are because they understand that they're going to be offering up a slew of information that they can actually use against them. Like that's, that's what the, that's what the training's about. It's like, let me, let me not, let me not talk myself out of the sale. Let me listen my way right through the sale. And let me hear all the ammunition that you're about to give me because everybody loves talking about themselves. So let me just (laughs) hear, let me hear all the ammunition that you're about to give me so that I can put it in my back pocket. So that way I can make you feel bad when you don't want to commit. Right. Right. I, I, I almost, I almost say this, man, when you're walking into one of those situations and I almost wish we could have put this out like January for all the people before they lose their new year's resolution fire. But if you're walking into a situation and you're, and you're going to seek help from a trainer, from a physical therapist, from anybody in a fitness facility or any, anything exercise related to your point, Jeremy, I almost feel like you need to have your, your questions already written down. And it's like, you're going in there to interview this individual to see That's if they're good. really interested in helping you. Because I'm telling you right now, to your point, we are highly trained in that. And yes, I mean, we, 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 we're taught to ask open-ended questions and to ask closing questions and to build yes trees to make sure that they're, they're in the right mm-hmm. stage of mind to ask for the sale. We're taught that. But at the same time, if a client ever walked in and interviewed me for how I'm going to be able to help them, I don't think there's much way I could flip that other than let them know what I actually offer and see if I'm a bit, if I'm a good fit for, for helping them on their journey. Or, <laughs> or if I'm even showing up and the person that I'm actually doing my mm. initial assessment with is not even the person I'm going to be working with. That's so the that should, that should already be a red flag. It's like, okay, so they put me in front of the person that can actually convince and persuade me the most, not necessarily who can provide me the most benefit. Yes. Yes. And, and then you know, they're going to sell me, they're going to sell me why every other coach in here is great. <laughs> and I can, yeah. they can do just as much for you that than, than I could, if not more. You know, I, I, I only laugh in, in, in disgust, but also <laughs> in, 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 in embarrassment because I can't, t- I mean, almost every organization that I built up, that was our structure, you know, yep. from, from, a, from yep. a PT sales thing. Like literally that was it. And you know what? I would be the guy training those guys on how to, on how to maximize the opportunities and how to make sure we're talking to the clients correctly. But again, man, hindsight's always 2020. It's not that I, it's not that some of those guys didn't go on to do great things and they're really serving people because some, some of them really are. But to your point, man, it's like, if, if, if we're not getting the whole picture and if the people training those people to do those things, aren't really doing a, a better job training those people so they can understand how they could truly empower people then, then everybody's losing, man. And, and, and unfortunately, the industry as a whole is losing. Like, you know, the fitness industry is always booming. One of the things that I don't like about the fitness industry is that it's always booming with the same people chasing the same results. It's not like it's always booming because people get phenomenal results and the next generation comes in and does it too. It, it's typically always booming because it's the same people buying into the next fad and they're still not getting results. And that's, that's well, unfortunate. It's something, it's something that you said a long time ago, and it was in regards to a different industry, but I, I think it translates pretty well. It's, it's the fact that they're, they're purchasing that peace of mind. Mm. They, they want to feel good about the fact that they, they had a desire to change and they took action, right? Yeah. So signing on the dotted line just helps them confirm that they're taking the, the appropriate steps to making the changes that they're looking to make in their life. 
right? Like that's right. that's what they want, and they're they're willing to pay for that versus what the actual program is going to give them, right? They just want to shut up that that nice little still voice that's in the back of their mind saying, "Hey, you need to stop living this way. You need to start making some changes," and you want to just silence that, even if it is for three months, right? right. Because it's just it's it's something you can't deal with. You're you're dealing right. with your own inabilities or your own your own lack of self-discipline, right? Like nobody wants to, nobody wants to face that monster, you know, yeah, head on. No, not um, at all. But I, I think like, even with the PT, what, what mind boggles me the most in the, in the PT world is the fact that I can pay the same amount, the same amount per session for somebody who's just coming out of the gates versus someone who's been doing it for 20 years. So right. no matter what, I'm paying $45 a session, $65 a session, and they can hand me off to somebody who just received the weekend certification. Not to knock that because right. it's, still, it's, still, it's still knowledge, right? But there's something to be said of the lack of knowledge, the, the lack of experience, the lack of you know, uh, right. actually doing it. And then on top of that, every person needs something different. So if you don't specialize in what I need specifically, then why am I paying premium dollars to work with you? If so, you're just going to be my gym buddy, Right. That's one so, cost. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's, cra- it's crazy you say that. And I, I just want to hit on this point because I don't think people realize this. Right. And, and this is me kind of peeling the onion back, if, so to speak, of an industry that you may not you may not think of it this way. But, you know, I, I just got out of physical therapy, um, rehab and a back injury. And, you know, my physical therapist was amazing. But I'm also, and I think I shared this with you, I went, I went and I bought the NASM elite package. I bought every single certification NASM has because I wanted to recertify all of my knowledge. I didn't want to be a bro scientist. I wanted to make sure that NASM is one of the best, uh, most respected PT certs you could mm-hmm. get. I wanted to get every single one of them. Let me see, let, let, let me see how more knowledgeable I feel once I do that, right? And let me tell you, man, I've had six certs so once I get all of these, I'll probably have like 13 certs, <laughs> so to speak. I've had six certifications um, and in no certification has, has I, have I ever been shown any particular exercises other than assessments, not even NASM. I asked my physical therapist who's having me do all these amazing exercises for my back. And I said, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? And she knows I'm a trainer. And she's like, sure. Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but when you guys go through, you know, actual, your, your, your schooling, you're a doctor, right? So yeah, we have a doctorate. Okay. At what point of your training do they actually show you exercises? And she chuckled. And I said, well, why, 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 why'd you chuckle? She said, well, we, we never actually go over exercises. We just go over anatomy and physiology. And it's assumed if you understand how body mechanics work, then you can, then you can find the right exercise. So, so here's my point. <laughs> Personal trainers have limited knowledge and they're never taught exercises. Physical therapists who are doctors aren't taught exercises. So if nobody's taught an an actual exercise, how are we putting that much more focus in one over the other? You know, it just, it just goes to speak to, you know, you have to be very mindful of what you're thinking the person that you're talking to actually knows and then be able and be willing to ask the appropriate questions to see, you know, does that person really know what I need them to know to get me to my goal? And, and, and that's what I was saying. I know we had a little bit of a, of a sound issue there, but that, that, that's what I was saying. If nobody knows 
if nobody's being taught in school the exercises that, that they're prescribing to you, then we're literally we're literally just basing you know this individual with with our our future and on our health and our goals off of an assumption that they may or may not know what you need them to know. And, and again, if the anatomy and physiology that's taught on a doctoral level to physical therapists and they're still not going over what exercises you need to use, then, you know, again, the trainer who just became a trainer last week, even though that, you know, their certification is very respectable, I'm not saying that, but chances are, if they're not putting the time in, they may not know what exercises to do either. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you said, it's not to knock it because we've all been there, right? Like that's, that's the first place we go to. That's our go-to when we, we say, well, I want to be certified. I want, I want the appropriate knowledge to make an impact in this industry. Let me go to NASM, right? Let me go to right. ACE. Let me go to, right. so those are definitely respectable. Um, but to your point, it's like, we also have to be honest. And I think that's right. the key is, is being honest with where they are in, in, in their journey so that you can have, so you can make a comprehensive decision of all the details that are, that are involved in the commitment price, mm-hmm. the longevity, right? Like all those things, like the, right. uh, the, uh, the frequency, like those things have to be considered based on the comprehensive knowledge. And we can't leave those things out. We can't leave out the fact that, you know, Jeremy just received his certification a month ago. Right. And it's only ever trained one person in his entire life. Right? right. Like, but yet you're asking me for premium dollars. It's almost like taking advantage of the ignorant, right? Like they just don't know. Well, so that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. And that's why we're here. I, 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 <laughs> honestly, I think this, this, this warrants its own show. Like we, we literally should make the next, because it's the second month of the, of the year and people are still probably kind of like weaning off of their resolutions. I think we can kick, I think we can help kickstart some of that, uh, some of that zeal again and some of that passion behind, behind their resolutions by just equipping them with the right knowledge so they can ask the right questions in those scenarios. Because I do 100% believe that everybody should be working with a trainer. Everybody, right? Like everybody has a coach. LeBron James has a coach. Like everyone has a coach. So I do believe that, but I think we're going about it the wrong way. And it's almost to the detriment of the consumer. And they're the ones taking all the risk and they're the ones taking all the hits when we can just equip them to ask the right questions. And it's like, okay, well, show me the program that you guys are going to write up for me. I just, I just laid out all my limitations, my restrictions, my level of commitment, the frequency that I want to attend, all those things. Now, can you show me the program that you're going to write up for me? Dude, right. Like you, you just, <laughs> and, and, what you just that, that, that was, that was, that was so spot on, man. And I just want to, I want to reconnect those dots because, I just went off on my tangent about people not knowing exercises and, and I, and I don't, and, and I think that it's re- it's very important that it's understood kind of what you just said too, and how that works together. Right. Like we were just talking about how, when people have to work up 60, 90 days to be able to make this decision to walk into a gym and then you meet with somebody who just has their production on their mind, not your actual well being, And it gives you a nasty taste in your mouth. And then to your point, Jeremy, and then you oversell this person on a package of what they should be work paying to work with a master trainer with 20, 30 years experience under their belt, but they get placed with somebody who's just been a trainer for six weeks and they don't even know the names of the exercises yet. 
So in the consumer's mind, mm-hmm. all they're thinking is just sham, sham, scam. I can't believe I'm, I'm being put in this situation. And they already were on the fence about starting. So now they have an easy, an easy way out to quit. It's a cop out. Yeah, it's and, a cop and out. And, and dude, and that's what happens. And I almost wonder, I almost wonder, like, I hate to say this, but I almost wonder if that's almost like the, 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 the sales cycle that the industry knows is happening and not necessarily trying to stop happening. Because again, when January comes around, these same people that just got beat up in 2022 and 2023, they're going to be back to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like seriously, you, they, they need, they need about eight months to recover from that, from that whooping they just got. And then they'll be, they'll be, they'll be back to try again. You know what I mean? But we got to do better as professionals to actually help them get to where they're going. And you know, what hurts my soul is the fact that somebody was willing, was willing to give it a shot, right? They were willing to just to, to potentially conquer the one thing that's been conquering them their whole lives. And that's their health. And they said, right. you know what, today, today, I'm going to make that change. And I'm going to be willing to go to step out of my comfort zone to trust somebody, right, 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 to kind of lead me in the right direction and, 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 and lead me to the promised land. And then that happens. Right. Yep. And then now they're so turned off by getting any kind of guidance, which I again, I'll reiterate, I believe 100 percent that everybody should be working with a trainer. But right. now now they're they're just going to be turned off. It's going to be a cop out. And now they'll mm. have some form of a reason to now to never entertain um, having that professional guidance ever again. Dude, it's, it's so crazy because when I when I talked to and I got this approach even from my wife and, and her and her position. And it's and it was a little bit different, you know, because me as a trainer, especially being in box gyms, it was always like, and I hate to say this, but again, this is almost like what we're taught, right? I almost tell my I, I tell my clients to to this day that I want to be anything but that, because this is what we're taught in box gyms. It's like you want to give them the box in, in a box gym, they want to give you the Baskin Robbins approach to fitness, meaning the trainers want to give you just enough where you have to come back to the next session. You want to get just enough where you got to be there next week just enough so you don't cancel next month because that's their revenue. That, that's their lifeline. I'm of the mindset of you want to give your client everything, every single time. And not only can you put that client in a position where they may never need professional help again, but to your point, Jeremy, I like working with the trainer. I had the best time of my life working with my physical therapist because you know I got somebody who could actually take over. I had the trust in them and I could put the trust in them. They showed me that they deserved it. They could take over and design everything for me. And all I had to do temporarily was turn off my brain and do the work. I mean, even though I've been working out for 20 years, man, that was a, that was a gift. Like I was happily to pay for that. I paid every single <laughs> session out of pocket and I was happy to pay for that, man, because yeah. I, yeah. I needed that. I needed that break. Right. And that's what people should be coming to professionals for, not because they feel like the professional is withholding the information and we're just giving you a taste so you can come back and give me more. It's like, no, man, pour everything into that person, empower that person to be able to do this journey on their own and have that person come and seek you when they want a little bit of refresher or take it to the next level. Like that is ultimately my, my principle. You know, it's the one word that comes to mind when you, when you describe it that way is legacy. Mm. That that's, that's the difference between somebody leaving a legacy and somebody not. Right. And someone's legacy dying off with them. Mm. Like that's the difference. Um, well, bro, it looks like we're, we're approaching our, our marker here. Like, uh, I know, so I know we wanted to keep it <laughs> uh, right. Like, it's like, man, like, what is this? Like, 
um, just listening to the other episodes and I'm like, wow, there's so much c- good content, uh, pretty lengthy, but I, I think it, you know, as we continue to grow, we'll start, we'll, we'll understand how to, well, I guess we're doing it right now. Like we're, we're doing it, doing it well now where we're hitting things on the head. I think, um, this is what these podcasts are made for, right? Like where we just go off talking on all right. those topics and just slam it, bro. Just That's F it. it up, right? Like just. Hulk smash that bad boy, like all these yes, topics. Sir. And um, I think people, you know, reach going back to our lives. I think that's where we're going to get a bit more specific. And if somebody wants some real customized help and that's where they can see us in our workshops and in our training videos that we're going to be yes, hosting. Sir. So, um, yeah, man. Well, I love Always it, man. a good I time, love- bro. Always a good time, man. After that, <laughs> on, our, on our Friday, man. Nate Strong, Jay Bishop, make hey, it happen, hey. bro. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I'm loving it. So, so listen. I mean, obviously, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, to link up throughout the week. Um, talk a lot more about the sh- the, the show on social, and, and definitely get the buzz out. I think there's a lot that people can value from it. So yeah, just tune in every Friday, you know. And we we can't wait to connect with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Love, peace, and hair grease. Y'all already know. Jay Vicious, Nate Strong in the house, effing things up. This is who we are, man. On a Friday. (laughs) (laughs) On a Friday, man. Like, it couldn't have been better, right? Like, what what are the odds that the day that we decided, it wasn't like a strategic thing. We were like, oh, let's do it on a Friday. It was like the day we decided to take action that we finally (laughs) said that we're going to put everything to the side and just take action was on a Friday. Right, right. Amen. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When you. When you're doing things, and I'll, I'll leave it with this and because I can keep going. You know, I can. But when you're doing things, <laughs> when you're doing things with the right intention, and this is like my firm belief, and, and I slowed down everything I'm doing, because if it doesn't, just like how we made that list on opportunities we want to pursue, we should share that one at, at one point, too. That's really genius when we came up with that. But my, my opportunities for work is if it doesn't align with my intentions, man, I'm just not going to do it. And if it does align with my intentions and with my, what I'm trying to do and pursue my purpose. I'm just going to take action on it. I'm not going to worry about the result. And this is, you know, this is me being that this year, just taking action. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, and we both step into that. So, you know, and this this is the fruit of our labor. So we're just going to keep planting, keep harvesting as the good Lord just continues to water and nourish our soil and watch us grow, bro. As we, as our roots go grow deeper, it'll just make us that much stronger. Once we are, uh, uh, we pierce through the ground, you know, and let the world see who we are. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to end it here, guys. Effing it, it up on a Friday. You know? Peace. Peace.